Welcome, boils and ghouls, to Handle with Scare, a horror podcast brought to you by Tumbly Drunk and Vashti. Be sure to stay connected with us via social media over on Twitter at Handle with Scare. You can email the show at handlewithscarepod at gmail.com and find more information on our website at www.handlewithscarepod.com. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let me introduce you to my co-host, Joining me again, as always, is Vashti. Vash, you know, I, I know it's been a little bit of time, quite a bit going on. Uh, you know, we got 4th of July coming up. Uh, you know, we got some special events coming up, too, in regards to the drive-in, uh, which yes. is great to see. So, obviously, as we mentioned on our last show, if your drive-in is open, please go support them, because... Uh, those are kind of like the last of a dying breed at this point, but quite a bit going on here as of late, just not only in the world, but as well as, you know, our little slice of paradise in the horror community. But how's the, how's the past, like, couple of weeks been treating you? Because I know, you know, it's been a little bit of time since we've actually sat down to record an episode here. Yes, it has, Totem, and that is my bad. I have pushed um, our recordings a few times. Um, uh Two weeks ago, uh, we went up to see my in-laws, and it was Father's Day weekend. So Father's Day weekend, we go up to see my in-laws, and of course, my in-laws are retired. They're great people. They're awesome. And they gift us for some reason. We brought dinner. We brought stuff for them and stuff like that, and we pampered them while we were there. But they gifted us with a jet ski. So now we have a new toy. So I went out on the lake and played with that toy um, at Lake Don Pedro on Saturday, two Saturdays ago for Father's Day weekend. So that was a lot of fun. So when I came back, I was very exhausted and tired. And I was just like, okay, I don't even know if I can record. <laughs> and also my allergies were acting up and we were supposed to do it on Monday, but then I ended up working late and I'm sorry for that totem. And I'm sorry to you guys as well. And, um, Oh, by the way, how was your Father's Day weekend um, with your with your family, Totem? Also, I remember you were saying it was your um, grandparents' anniversary. Yeah, we're actually, we were waiting for uh, something to come in for them. So we're actually celebrating that on July 5th. Oh, that'll be good, this weekend. Yeah, so we ended up doing that a little bit later. Uh, Father's Day is yeah. pretty good, though. You know, we... Uh, we cooked out. We had a campfire. Uh, we were making s'mores. It was a it was a pretty good time. Right on. That sounds like a really good time. Yeah. And then this weekend was just family over too. Um, not a lot. We were social distancing. There was less than ten people in both occasions, so um, we were good to go there. Um, but yeah, we also barbecued, um, cooked out. Um, what was it? Uh, had s'mores also. Um, got a new back backyard table with like a fire pit in the middle of it, and then I got a little umbrella. Uh, not a little umbrella; it's like a big umbrella to cover it a little bit, and so like that, and to shade us. And so we just hung out, did that, and and everything this weekend. But yeah, everything's all good. Hope everything is good with you guys as well out in the world, and hope you guys are safe. Absolutely. So in regards to what's been going on in regards to like movies, actually quite a bit has been happening here as of late since our last yeah. episode. So, you know, we have things that are in the works uh, when we're still waiting on other things to wrap up for like the same sort of project. So looking at a series like Creepshow, 
uh, which, you know, is part of the Shutter streaming service. You know, we're still waiting on the second season to actually complete filming, because uh, obviously the pandemic kind of, like, put an end to that. Uh, but we yeah. did recently learn via Variety that Shudder has already ordered a third season of Creepshow. And, you know, this is a series that made its debut back in September of 2019. Uh, at a later date, uh, after, like, it premiered on Shudder, they actually started to air it on AMC as well. So, you know, we did get to... Uh, watch it via the silver screen. Uh, granted, it was much, much later at this point. Uh, I would imagine that was probably due to the fact that since so many, uh, uh, like, productions were shut down, that AMC was essentially just looking for, like, time fillers, like, to air, like, in whatever slot, so they kind of just put Creepshow there. But, you know, great opportunity for people that don't actually have the service to actually, uh, check this out. But... You know, you have the Shutter GM, uh, Craig Angler, basically just wanted to use this downtime here uh, to start working on scripts for season three. That way it allows, you know, Craig Nicotero and the crew to get as far ahead on this series as possible. Now, you know, right now everything's still kind of like up in the air. You know, we don't really have a scheduled release date for the second season for Creepshow. But, you know, it, it shows how much faith the Shudder crew has in this particular series, knowing that, you know, they're already mapping out a third season when we haven't even gotten a second one as of yet. Yes, but that's good because because of the ratings and how the first Creepshow was. And, and everything. And also even not the original, original creep show movie. I'm talking about um, the series that we, the first season that we watched just last um, earlier this year. Right. Yes. Wasn't it earlier this year? Yeah. It was earlier this year. And we added it to our twisted Tuesday lineup where we would watch, you know, the newest episode of creep show that came out and it was an hour show. Right. Yeah. It was an hour show. And then we'd go on to watch our second movie. For me, the creep shows were amazingly done. So I am totally gung ho with them having um, all the faith in the world in in um, the creep show series and having um, um, taking it on for another third series for a third se season as well. I am so stoked for that because I think they did an amazing job with the first season. I, at first, I was like, I don't know how they're going to turn this creep show, how, how they're going to work this creep show, and so like that. And then every single episode to me was just superb. So I'm very happy. Thank you, Shutter. Yeah, I I will be curious to see whether or not like the second and the third season will also air on AMC just on like a major delay. Uh or if it just yeah. was to, you know, bring additional programming onto that specific network. Uh but you know, we'll see. But I I cannot wait to see what else Creepshow has in store. Obviously the use of practical effects really warms the heart and you know it's it's just so uncommon nowadays so definitely please give us more of that and uh you know maybe maybe bring back the bob creature for for uh, like a sequel to that episode because that one that one was definitely one of the standouts for me at least in regards to season one yeah yeah that one was really good i actually i like the one where um uh, it was halloween mm-hmm and the boys get or the boys get trapped. Remember which I, one was that one? 
I, I do. That one was more of a spirit one. You know, a little bit of a redemption story. Yeah, it was like a redemption story, spirit one. I really loved that one. That one was really good. That one was awesome. Yeah, so if you guys haven't had a chance to check out uh, Creepshow on Shudder, uh, plenty of time to catch it before the second season is underway. So, you know, if you're looking for uh, yeah, a little bit of new shows to watch, definitely go check that one out, as well as some of the other content that is coming to Shudder. So, again, like, we're nearing the uh, the end of June here, so July right around the corner in just a couple of days, and with that, we have some new arrivals to Shudder. Uh, and I have to say, like, every month, Shudder continues to release a slew of fan favorites. There's quite a bit of 80s horror uh, in the July lineup here. Uh, and, you know, there's also some interesting ones that I want to talk about here in regards to things that are going to be exclusive to Shudder or, you know, just release as one of the Shudder originals. Uh, so, for starters, like, The Beach House. You know, this is one that we've actually talked about and reviewed on the podcast, uh, thanks okay. to the Chattanooga Film Festival, that is uh-huh. premiering on Shudder on July 9th. Uh, so just as a refresher course here, that is a cosmic body horror movie. Uh, you and I both really enjoyed this one. There's definitely, you know, a creep out factor here. And if you want to learn more about this movie, you know, you can go back and listen to our full review. Uh, and that was during the CFF edition episode. You know, we had a, a slew of other reviews as well. So... Uh, I know that's definitely going to be one I'm going to recommend to my friends, because uh, we've actually already had a chance to see it, thanks, thanks to the online film festival on that front. Okay, uh, that one was the one that freaked me out. <laughs> that one, see, anything with parasites, man, freaks me out. So that one, I don't know if I will watch it a second time. <laughs> Not unless somebody I really know and love wants to watch that movie, and then I'll be like, okay, we'll watch it. And I'll be like, fine. And then I'll be like, I'll just be grossed out for the next four days. That's it's okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So but it's a good movie, though. I, I'm not going to go through, like, the entirety of the list. But there's there's some pretty big standouts. There is a documentary okay. on here that I've not had a chance to see. That I, I keep hearing so much about. And I just haven't had a chance to watch it. And that is In Search of Darkness. And that premieres on July 30th. And essentially, this is a documentary, and it's like kind of like a throwback. It's a trip through the 1980s, and it's told through a lot of like the genre experts and the icons that were around in, you know, a lot of the major 80s productions. Uh, you know, basically like influence, the, which influence like the modern landscape of the genre today so i i constantly hear so much about the interviews in this particular documentary just haven't had a chance to see it and you know for the most part with the people that i've talked to about it that seems to be pretty common mm-hmm. so that, that's not gonna be till the end of the month though so that's gonna be more of a wait uh but you know outside of that there, there was another movie that is towards the start of the month that kind of, kind of drew my attention, and that's *Metamorphosis*, uh, which premieres on July second. And this is a Korean horror movie uh, that oh, okay. that is a spin on the demonic possession 
uh, type of story. Mm -hmm. So basically, the film revolves around this exorcist uh, who is basically trying to face this demon who he failed to defeat uh, in his past. Uh, and it, like it starts to target like his brother's family, and the demon basically like takes the form of different family members. So you know it kind of has like that thin type vibe to it, because uh, it can like just change its appearance. So I, I'm curious to see how that is going to come into play as well. Yeah. Uh but it's just. <laughs> So many good things coming this month. You know, we have the Burning premiering on July first. Uh, big fan of that movie. I mean, Cropsey lives. The Burning is definitely like if we're talking eighty slashers. That's definitely near the top for me. And you know, you get to get to see a young Jason Alexander from Seinfeld in there. Uh, Return of the Living Dead is coming to Shutter as well. And hey, we're we're gonna be Ooh. reviewing that later. Imagine that. I oh. uh, what else? There's the Sleepaway Camp trilogy coming. Uh, Maniac oh, Cop yeah. 1 through 3. And then, you know, you got, like, Patrick, uh, which is... I think it's, like, an Australian horror movie, if I'm not mistaken. And that one kind of deals with, like, this uh, comatose patient who has telekinetic powers. And there's also the pool coming to Shudder. And, you know, like... Not that long ago, like within the last week, I rented Aqua Slash, which is about a killer water park. <laughs> and, you know, when I, when I watched the trailer, you know, I didn't think too much of it. But like when I read through the comments, everyone in the comments was like, oh, this is exactly like the pool. And I, I watched the trailer for the pool. And I have to say... I did not see the correlation here <laughs> at all. So here's here's the premise of the pool. It's basically survival horror. You know, you have this young couple who gets trapped in a 20 feet deep pool. And, you know, it also happens to be like, uh, in a sense where like, like an alligator or like a crocodile somehow like it gets into the pool like through the Wait, is this an actual pool that's like a chlorine infested pool? It's it gets emptied, but yes. Okay, so they're in an emptied pool. Yes. So first of all, how do they get in a 20-foot empty pool? I I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen it. Okay, no. sorry. <laughs> it comes out July 20th. Okay, never mind. We need to watch that. But it was just the fact <laughs> that, like, everyone was comparing Aqua Slash to this movie. And I was like, just why? Be because th there's water involved? Like, I, I didn't see the correlation there. But anyways, that's... You're like, other than that, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming on July 20th along with some other movies as well uh but you know i, I was saying like aqua slash actually wasn't as bad as i was expecting uh definitely not as uh gratuitous as like say the piranha sequel which also took place at a water park so not quite as many of the three b's compared to that uh but still a good time but really not not a whole lot of, like, character development or anything uh, in that particular movie. But, you know, not not a bad movie to rent. Okay. 
But uh, I, I know, like, we... I know we watched the Sleepaway Camp trilogy uh, on Twisted uh, Tuesday. Yeah. It's definitely been a while. Um, yeah, Ma Maniac Cop will probably, probably add to the list for a double feature. Uh, that's good. But definitely... Yep. Looking forward to probably in search of darkness the most out of all that. Unfortunately, that's just going to be the longest wait. In search of darkness. Oh, well, but anyways. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what's coming to Shudder. I haven't really had a chance to check out what's coming to, like, Prime or Hulu as of yet. Uh, so, you know, maybe we'll brush up on that next week. But there's been a lot of stuff happening here as of late on the Candyman front. <gasps> yeah. uh, from Naya DaCosta. And, you know, obviously, this got delayed. Uh, it's coming out in September. But we got, like, a little bit, like, of a short film that kind of, like, touched on the franchise's important themes. Uh, and this was, like, released via social media over on Twitter. And basically, the short film connected, like, the origin of, you know, the franchises, uh, you know, titular character. You know, also dealing, like, with the real-life violence. Uh, yeah. And, you know... Jordan Peele is producing it and did the screenplay, which I'm loving. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, so... <laughs> I, saw the, I saw the trailer, and I was just like, whoa, that's going to scare the crap out of me. <laughs> which I knew I was going to love. I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> So it's going to be a while. It comes out September 25th. Uh, but, you know, the Costa basically was talking about how, like, you know, Candyman is essentially, like, this intersection, you know, talking about, like, white violence and black pain uh, and about unwilling martyrs. Uh, so, like, the people they were, the symbols that they turned into, uh, you know, the monster that, you know, they were told, like, they were. Uh, and, you know, they did a little bit of, like, a follow-up to this i want to say yesterday if i'm not mistaken where they kind of like mixed in like this short film with like actual clips from within the movie uh so this was like like a 30 second clip uh for the one that came out yesterday and the only reason why i'm really bringing it up is it, 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 it seems like Tony Todd's voice is at the end of this teaser. And obviously there's been a lot of talk about what Tony Todd's involvement is in regards to the new Candyman movie. They've been very quiet about it. Like, everyone's expecting him to have some sort of involvement, but, like, we haven't really heard. So everyone's just, like, kind of, like, waiting with anticipation here. But they've definitely use Tony Todd's, like, likeness in the marketing. Uh, and, you know, what I will say about the, the things that they did release is just the approach that they took to it. Because it looked kind of like a lot of, like, cardboard, like, cutouts type, like, towards, like, this animation or, like, the storytelling aspect of it, which I thought was very unique. It definitely stood out. Uh, so it's really like a screen grabber type approach in regards to like the patents that they did here. Uh, but, you know, again, like this was another thing impacted by the pandemic. I, I know we're greatly looking forward to it. I mean, Candyman, 
obviously at its time carried a very strong message and it's still a message that reigns true still to this day so this is a very relevant movie with the current situation going on uh and and you know like out of all everything that was delayed i think this movie in particular was probably the one that i was most looking forward to that was impacted by the pandemic here okay um i'm trying to think like if there's anything else on that front from that other thing that they released yesterday outside of the tony todd entry i think that was it though but either way like definitely go check that out we'll have the uh the short film linked i want to say like the short film was like under three minutes uh so like all in all like it's three and a half minutes between the two so you guys can go check that out but Vash, let's talk comics really quick uh, okay. So we got a new one shot coming next month from yeah. from Image Comics, which is titled Negan Lives. Uh, so you have writer and series creator Robert Kirkman returning uh, with okay. longtime artist Charlie Adler joining him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what I love about this is Kirkman flat out said like a hundred percent of the revenue that is generated from this is basically going straight to the stores that are selling the product which is good i absolutely love that uh so i'll admit i am not caught up on the walking dead issues if i'm not mistaken it's it's been some time since we've seen negan um it has been and yeah and in my comics, he's she's just gone. He's no longer there. You know, he's presumed to be dead. So how in the heck is he coming back? I don't understand this, Robert Kirkman. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? That means now I got to go buy this comic because I love The Walking Dead and I have a lot of Walking Dead comics. I have boxes and boxes of Walking Dead comics. Oh, my God. Um, and... Now I need to read this and read what's after what comes after it because oh, Robert Kirkman's back and yeah I I just need to <laughs> I need to get back up on my game and and watch and read it and, and so like that so I'm very I'm very excited for it to come out um, anticipating it coming out. When you told me today, I was like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? What what are we talking about right now? And you're like, it's not even out yet. And I was like, I didn't hear about this. And you're like, well, (laughs) and I was like, whoa. And so I started looking it up when you were saying, saying something about it. And we were finishing up our notes and catching up before we started. And I was like, oh, hell no. (laughs) So this is going to be good for all you comic lovers, all you horror comic lovers, um, all you lovers of The Walking Dead. And everything like that. If you've only watched the show, check out the comics. Um, you can start um, by going and, and getting the graphic novels of the first comics um, and stuff like that. Um, um, because they're they're not just one series. It's, it's about 10 or 20, <laughs> depending on what volume you get. It's like 10 comics in one and stuff like that. So you, it's, they're little mini books. So it's good. You can catch up easier that way. Yeah, the... the- 
not only do they have that, but there's actually like larger ones. Like they have like the uh, compen oh compendiums, which are like oh my gosh, are really thick. I can't remember how can't many issues those. are in that, but like for, I'm not doing those. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> like ahead. for people that are like aren't necessarily like specifically looking for um, collections, collections. Or and just want like bulk, you know. They think they, they, they might they might be like it's color, it's clutter, and stuff like that. Yes, those ones which Home Totem said yes, those ones will have a larger amount, and it's just like a huge book of about I think it, I think almost about like forty. I it, it would be around one. there. I'd probably say like thirty five or thirty six issues, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I um, think so. But either way, so <laughs> Negan Lives is coming out on Wednesday, July first. Uh, a couple of days from now, actually. And we don't have too many what? details about this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, unfortunately, like, I can't really go into, like, okay, like, when's this taking place in the timeline? Who are the recurring characters going to be from The Walking Dead, if any? All we know is this is a 36-page black-and-white comic book that's coming out. And, you know, Negan's been gone since, like, issue like 170 something in yep. the walking dead series <laughs> yeah so what in the actual heck <laughs> is going on right now <laughs> but it's okay i'm really stoked for it um check it out um and everything like that um you might even just like starting off where where it is right here and so like that there, there's going to be a lot of things if you just watch the show that are going to be way different if you just start here no, or, yeah. or in everything but it might be if you don't care about that then that's okay too you might just want to check it out um and stuff but yeah we recommend it so other things that are being worked on in the pipeline uh two things i'm looking forward to so up first we have a new horror comedy movie that is in the works for netflix which is combining Two of our favorite horror comedy uh, crews, essentially, in uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, which, you know, we talked about recently on the podcast, uh, as well as the team behind Tucker and Dill versus Evil. <laughs> so you basically have the writer from Behind the Mask, uh, mm -hmm. the director for Tucker and Dill. And I'll be honest, when I read the title, I thought it was something else. But I'm not mad about it. Like, I know a lot of people were kind of, like, upset by it. Because uh, the title for this movie is The Hills Have Eyes for You. There's no correlation to the Hills Have Eyes series. And I know a uh, lot of people were upset about that. Because a lot of people... A lot of people like the the recent iteration of The Hills of Ice. And by re it's not that recent, but the last installments of it anyways. Uh, it seems like a lot of people are looking forward to them continuing that series or rebooting it or whatever. But basically, uh, this movie is being described as a fresh and fun love story set against the backdrop of an elevated horror comedy. So based off of that, we can only assume that a movie like this is more than likely going to be self-aware. Obviously, we're expecting a lot of poking fun at, like, the different horror tropes. And, you know, like, if we're talking about that subgenre, 
uh, which definitely leans more heavily into comedy aspects over, say, like, the actual horror aspect of it. Um, you know, Behind the Mask and Tucker and Dale are definitely two of the first movies that would really come to mind uh, that really, like, poke fun at the genre. Whereas, like, a movie like Scream, which, you know, did poke fun at the horror trope as a whole, uh, especially, like, for the slasher aspect of it, uh, was more, you know, horror than actual comedy. But, you know, they still worked it in there. So, I... I, I wish we had more information, but, like, the fact that we get, like, this kind of, like, collaboration effort between, you know, two teams that uh, just had two standouts for that sort of subgenre definitely puts this near, like, the top of my list whenever this is going to come out. So I, I'm anxious to see what's going to happen here. And, you know, if they at some point poke fun at the Hills Have Eyes on top of that, you know, I'm okay with that. So, you know, maybe maybe they'll poke fun at some of the uh, mutants, back hill. I don't, I don't know, like, what subgenre I would even put the Hills Have Eyes. But, you know, the opportunity is there for them to poke fun at it, too, along with other different horror tropes as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> so outside of that, we have one other movie that we need to talk about before we jump into our Return of the Living Dead review. We got a little bit of an update on the Evil Dead franchise. Yes. So for those that don't know, like... Bruce Campbell has outright stated, you know, he is done with Ash. But we have not seen the last of the Evil Dead series. Now, there's been a lot of rumors, a lot of talk. You know, this is this is constantly a franchise that gets talked about a lot in the sense of, like, people wanting, like, production updates. But, like, they're always kind of, like, close to the vest with their cards, and, like, we're always hearing about, like, you know, yeah, something isn't at works. You know, like, there's a video game in the works. Um, and we, we got a little bit of details about the next Evil Dead movie. So the next installment is called Evil Dead Rise. Uh, this is going to be directed by Lee Cronin, who directed The Hole in the Ground. Um, I'm not familiar with that, so I can't really say too much about that. Uh, but what we do know is it's going to shy away from the cabin in the woods type setting of the Evil Dead series. And, like, I I know there are some people out there that are kind of, like, conflicted by this. Because, uh, like, even the remake kind of stayed true to that aspect. And obviously, like, Ash didn't really play a role in it. And, you know, there was a female lead uh, in that particular remake, and it definitely went all in in regards to more of the squeamish aspect of gore effects. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of like, I, I think the best movie to kind of like compare it to uh, in regards to like that level of brutality would honestly probably be like the Piranha 3D uh, remake. Because there were a lot of times in both of these movies where we were seeing, like, these behind-the-scenes shots of the gore effects, which were practical. Mm -hmm. And they they definitely 
threw it all out there. Uh, I, I think, like, with the Evil Dead remake, probably the most prominent scene was the uh, the ton in scene. Probably the definite standout on that front. Uh, but, you know, they, they went their own direction with the last Evil Dead movie. Mm-hmm. Now, based off of what we know, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any correlation between Evil Dead Rise and the last installment that we got. But how are you feeling about them moving away from the traditional setting? Like, are you upset that they're moving away from the cabin in the woods type of situation? Or, you know, like, I, I know the rumor is, like, this is going to take place in, like, a high rise. But, like, when I when I see the title, mm-hmm. like, the Evil Dead Rise aspect could just mean, like, okay, well, things are literally reanimated and coming out of the ground. I'll let, you know, whatever. Yeah, the movie. that's what I'm thinking. Um, also, we've done, or they've done Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2. Those both had the cabin in the woods, you know, theme to it and everything like that. And then with the spinoff that went with it, which was, or which was the third, which was Army of Darkness and stuff like that, that goes on. They don't um, really go back to the woods fully there there's some aspect to it and stuff like that but they travel they time travel there's this going on there's that going on and stuff like that and then they redo evil dead you know and stuff like that and then we go back to the cabin in the woods to an extent and and everything but yeah that's what we do but i don't need to do that every single movie and as good as evil dead came back and did what they did I'm okay with it do, going Evil Dead Rise. I think they're still going to make do it well, and I think if Bruce Campbell is on the movie as well as everyone else, I think it's going to be a fantastic movie. I have high. Well, I th- I'm going to say I have high hopes for it. Yeah, and you know outside that of that, well. outside of that too, like we also had the Ash versus Evil Dead. Series. Evil Dead. Yeah, and I forgot about saying something about that. Yeah, we had the Ash versus the Evil Dead show, which doesn't take you to the cabin in the woods. You know, it's him. It's, you know, after, you know, Army of Darkness, it's him working at the convenience store or the um, the retail store and stuff like that. And then, boom, what happens is what happens, you know, mm-hmm. um, and everything and, and everything. It, it starts it starts happening again. And why does it start happening again? Well, Gotta watch Evil Dead or, or Ash versus the Evil Dead. But it's funny how it starts again. <laughs> because Ash being an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he might, but it was, he might, par- might partake in uh, a little bit of, you know, something that's becoming more legal nowadays. <laughs> well, that and then he let some crazy chicken to his house to open the book. I mean, that's what happens See? when you have a hookup at, at the bar, you know, and just take Yeah, that's what the... happens when you just have some random hookup. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just bring this random chick over to my house. But, um, but yeah, so the way it starts out, it's, it's funny, it's comical, but then it gets serious and stuff like that. If you've never seen Ash versus the Evil Dead, check it out. It has Lu- Lucy Lawless in it, too. Uh, she comes in uh, towards um, um, throughout the series. Um, that it's on it's a really good show and they go they they totally totally go a different route you know not fully totally but 
they they have you know the Necronomicon, and then they start you know playing off of that and adding certain other aspects of demons and this and that and you know how all of this is all tied to the Necronomicon. So I think it's going to be good. And there's also evil puppets. You can't forget that. Oh yeah, they're very foul mouth puppets. puppets at that. Yeah, uh, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I guess for me is I what. What aspect of Evil Dead are we going to get? Because obviously we've seen two sides of this coin where you have the gore aspect that is either over the top in a comedic sense, like the original, versus that really gritty, realistic approach that they took to the last Evil Dead movie. Like... I I don't know if they're gonna have a preference one over the other. Um, I I will say though, like to both degrees, I think they did a really good job uh, with mm-hmm. their approaches. Nowadays, though, like I, I think we definitely live in more of like a. I don't know if I should use, like, the phrase shock jock-like type of uh, community where a lot of people just want it to be, you know, nastier, like, the more gore you can throw on the screen, the better. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to go that route. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, with Campbell still being involved, granted, at, like, a producer level, um, I'm I'm just anxious to see where they're going to take things, because... The Ash vs. Evil Dead series was really all over the place in regards to, like, the approach that they took. Uh, but it was a very fun series, and they did a lot of different things. And they explored... Uh, they Honestly, like, they did a really good job at, like, building up the secondary character. So I'm really hoping that that is also going to translate. Yeah. Uh, with, I really like the secondary characters. With Evil Dead Rise here. Uh, yes. So, outside of that, just quick updates, uh, other stuff that has happened that I didn't really have in the notes. Uh, they are doing a Ghostbusters event at movie theaters or drive-ins, depending on where you are at, for Ghostbusters Day, uh, which is July 1st. Your okay. drive-in was on a list, as we talked pre-show. Mine was not. It was. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, unfortunately, but, like, one of the theaters near me has it. I, I don't, I don't know if I actually go to like an actual theater this early on with everything going on, uh, but tickets are available on the Ghostbusters website. Uh, so like, if you want to get tickets, it's at Ghostbusters.com/slash/movie night. Uh, so again, starting July first on there. Uh, and outside. I'm hoping I'm hoping to go to the theater to see it or not the theater sorry the drive-in to see it because the drive-in's like right down the street from my house so I've been going there forever and I really want to see the part when when he goes Ray if someone asks you if you're a god you say yes <laughs> <laughs> it's when remember I... when they're on the top of the building oh, it's it's such a good time. We'll we'll definitely have to have like a ghost we'll have to go back. Yeah. at some point. Yeah, we will. Because I I think I'm gonna have to get yeah the hubs to go to the drive-in to see it because it's the first one out of the double feature. It's not gonna start until late, like because it doesn't get uh dark until like almost nine. So I'm hoping it starts at like eight eight thirty so that we can watch that one and then just leave. You know. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so like that, because it's the middle of the week, unless we watch it on a weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Also happening on Wednesday, July 1st, uh, via Cavity Colors, we have a new collection coming out for the return of the Living Dead. And I'm only bringing this up because we're reviewing this in a couple of minutes. But basically, uh, Cavity Colors is releasing, you know, new license 2020 stuff. Uh, this one being for Return of the Living Dead. I know they got some new unisex tees coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know how familiar you are with Cavity Colors, but their artwork. I am. The artwork on these are so good. Um, so I follow them on uh, Twitter. I think I follow them on Instagram, I believe. Um, and I was scrolling through the other day and I saw the ones for the Return of the Living Dead. And this is me. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, they they also just came out with some I Know What You Did Last Summer uh, stuff as well. I think I saw that one too. Uh, but basically, yes, the, I the, like cavity colors. The the prominent character that they use for this collection was Tarman. So he's he's on the unisex tee. Uh, they also have the spooky summer color tees. So you know you got ones in uh, there's like a green, an orange, and a pink one. Uh, the designs are like all the same except for just like the base color of the actual t-shirt here. Uh, but I know they also have some jogger sweatpants. They got a Tarman enamel pin coming out. If you're uh, like with me, it. I'm very partial to tank tops. So, like, if I have a t-shirt, I really prefer, like, a V-neck t-shirt. And so, like, that over a crew neck t-shirt mm-hmm. and everything. But other than that, like, I really love tank tops. And they have, if you like tank tops like me or V-neck t-shirts and stuff like that. But um, more so, they're... they're uh, tank tops check out their tank tops because they have the i know what you did last summer tank top and i'm looking at them right now and they look really great for for guys and for ladies and they have evil dead 2 ones as well so and then many others yeah so all of that stuff drop in on wednesday and i'm pretty sure the enamel pin they have for tarman has uh, is one of the slider ones so like you can have them pop in out of the barrel uh that he's in so right. neat I'm here to. I'll I'll let the go back and see whether or not they like. I know they definitely well, restocked. The, I know what you did last summer in ML pins. I want to see if they got mm-hmm. the the killer one. I just scrolled past an Elvira Halloween Forever lady slouchy tank top, and I'm like, I need this right now. Absolutely. I'm like, I need I need this in my life. <laughs> so. You know, it's it's been a couple of weeks since uh, our last episode, and you know, we were originally set to you know review the Return of the Living Dead that that same week that we watched it. Uh, obviously, it's been you know two weeks at this point, but anyways, we still want to talk about it. You know, it's still it's still on my mind, and there's still a, there's a lot to unpack with this movie. Uh, and you know, if if you're not familiar with the plot, basically, in the Return of the Living Dead, it follows. Uh, to bumbling employees who are working at this uh, medical supply warehouse. And, you know, they, they accidentally release a deadly gas into the air. Uh, and, you know, the vapors caused by this, you know, they uh, they, they shoot up, uh, you know, like the chimney. It, you know, it rises and, it you know, all of this like the gas billows into the nearby cemetery 
and uh, you know the dead start to rise again as zombies. Uh, so okay. this this epidemic begins to spread throughout. Uh, I want to say it was like Louisville, Kentucky. And, you know, the creatures, of course, you know, they start to satisfy their hunger, you know, in very gory and outlandish ways. Uh, so you basically have Frank and Freddy who are trying to fight to survive with the help of their boss as well as this uh, mysterious mortician who uh, basically, like, works next to this warehouse as well. Now, when we talk about the body count for this movie... Uh, I do want to preface this by saying that I'm not counting a lot of the extras towards the body counts, and I'll, I'll get into that towards the end here. Uh, but we do have 12 kills in this movie. You have the character Suicide, uh, who gets bitten in the head by the aforementioned Tarman. Uh, mm -hmm. You have Trash, who was killed by four zombies. Uh, mm -hmm. Jerry has his brains eaten by zombies. Scuzz gets bitten in the head by a female zombie, which, you know, they actually capture and, like, start to question. Like, they tie her down on, like, one of the slabs, and, you know, of course, like, she's half of a body at this point. And, you know, they... they you know, that scene in particular is, like, really different because you never really see like the human characters like communicating with the zombies like of course like there's the aspect where they're like oh you know so and so like what are you doing like snap out of it not like having an actual conversation like there's no with back a and forth <laughs> right. with, like a full zombie you've never seen that like I haven't seen it in Dawn of the Dead. I haven't seen it in uh, Night of the Living Dead because they're ghouls. Then they're zombies. They they don't have any comp. They can't comprehend. You know, all they want is brains. That's all they're going to eat is brains, and then or eat just people mm -hmm. in general, not just brains. In some in some different zombie movies, it's just not not just the brains. It's they eat everything and stuff like that, and that keeps them you know, from feeling the pain. But this is the first time where she's just like, where they've tied one down to the slab and actually had a full-on conversation with her. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love this movie. I don't mean to laugh, but I do love the movie. And that scene, even though it can be, like, serious to an extent, it's also still funny, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, I like that. I love that part. Yeah, so uh, the fifth kill is a hobo that basically gets bitten in the neck by trash uh, and of course okay. this is when trash turns into a zombie uh mm -hmm. you have freddy and frank who both get turned into zombies due to the gas that they release mm -hmm. uh and you know we'll, we'll talk about that particular zombie aspect in a bit because it's it's kind of cheeky uh what that zombie actually is because it ties into another zombie series uh but more on that later uh but okay. basically you have Frank and Freddy who turn into zombies. Frank ends up burning himself alive. And, um, you know, like, that's that was another scene that really stood out for being completely different from what we're used to seeing within a zombie subgenre because he's, he's basically self-aware of what he's doing. Uh, you know, you basically, mm -hmm. like, see him you know, praying, essentially. 
Yeah. Uh, before he crawls into, it's not a, I don't even know what the the word for it. It's not like a furnace. No, it's not a furnace, but that's where you, um, that's where you cremate. Right. I can't remember what the, exactly what the terminology is. (laughs) Crematorium? Sorry. I, I, I don't think that's it either, but anyways, but basically like he crawls into it after he, he prays and obviously, you know, he, he burns himself alive. Uh, you know, Freddy is one of many zombies that get killed by uh, a missile explosion. Uh, so Freddy, Trash, get killed by the uh, explosion there. Uh, we also see Ernie and Tina getting killed by the missile explosion. And at that point, like, that's 12 kills within this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, I I typically would just stop the count there, but, you know, as I said, you know, there are a lot of extras that get attacked uh, either by the zombies or just get killed in kind of like the aftermath of this. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, like, definite answer to the total number of kills that we see on screen just because, you know, at one part it is kind of like a still shot of, uh, you know, trash zombie next to a bunch of other zombies but we don't know like how many are really around her but like we know like they attack the paramedics and there's at least three of them uh there are you know two cops that initially get to the scene and get eaten by the zombies and then Mm -hmm. you know there's that sequence where uh the zombies basically go over the the radio to send more cops and, and, you know, we just see, like, another, like, four or five squad cars pulling up, and all them get eaten. I, I want to say, like, there was, there had to have been at least, like, 20 cops that were basically uh, yeah, eaten in that part, yeah. in that particular scene. And then you yeah. have however many zombies were, were left at that point that were killed towards the end of the movie. So, there's, there's probably around, like, 30 like if you count all the extras but like if we're talking like main characters the number is going to be 12 and like i'm constantly like trying to figure out what do we count and what don't we count last week it was did we count the dog (laughs) that gets blown up in the microwave and now it's just Uh, like do we count all of these unnamed characters um i would say no which is why i kept it at the twelve. Uh, but yeah. but obviously with the way that things kind of end, uh, to you know eradicate the situation here, <laughs> uh, definitely a lot of casualties there more so than just the chaos that ensues with the zombies. But there there's a lot to unpack. Uh, with this particular movie when it comes to the references when it comes to the nods of other genre pieces so Vash, why don't we talk a little bit about what we see within the movie on that front of course so some of the little bit of, or the, actually there's a lot of references and tidbits that totem said um one of them is zombie extras were paid the zombie extras were paid extra money if they ate real calf brains in the film which is oh really Oh my gosh. Um, Also, uh, Leanna uh, was initially uh, completely naked when shooting Trash's gravestone dance, which was more the norm in the the early 1980s. 
um, people on set uh, through a fit that you can't put pubic hair on TV. Uh, so, of course they did. Um, so Leanna um, had to be completely shaved, which made it even worse, according to producer Graham Henderson. Uh, Leanna was made um, um, was made in... Oh, like... Like she was made a different, uh, like a certain crotch piece over it. Yeah. So <laughs> to cover it because shaving it, mating it, made it worse. And it's just like, come on, you guys. It would have been better with the hair there. <laughs> it, of- it definitely came off more as like. She was anatomically correct. Well, I'm just talking about more of the appearance is more of like a mannequin, like, or like a... Yeah, like not anatomically <laughs> correct, anatomically not correct, I should say. More more like a doll, like a, like a Barbie, or like one of those Bratz dolls that you see today, and stuff like that. And when you're changing their clothes, it's just nothing right there, you know? I understand there it's a kid's, you know, toy, and stuff like that, but this is a horror movie, you know? There's a difference, so... And you're already going to see her breasts... So, okay. Yeah, just blur out the pubic hair. Just blur out the pubic (laughs) hair. That's all you had to do. But yeah, with the crotch piece, it made it a little funky. But it also makes it like, even though it makes it funky and makes it, and it made it worse. For me, I've seen that movie a a ton of times. Like we both have, you know, like a ton. And every time I see that part um, and, and when she's taking off her clothes, I'm like, and she's dancing. For me, I'm just like, is this part of her persona? Did she put a piece there? Like when I first saw it, you know, now, of course, I know over the years. And so like that, I'm like, with her persona and her and how she was as a character, did she do something that extreme? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how you can put it. I'm just trying to be nice about it. <laughs> and so like that. But yeah, so let's move on. Uh, the rabid weasels that were brought into the funeral home were actually monitor uh, motorized toy monkeys who have who have had their sim who have had their symbols removed, and I kind of thought that's what they were, and then I was just like and like over the years and stuff like that, and I was just like, oh, that's funny. Now to put it actually that it's true, that's amazing. Um, what was it? The cemetery is called Resurrection Cemetery. How I wrote aptly named. <laughs> Right, aptly named, totally. Um, The vision test on the wall reads, Bert is a slave driver and a cheap son of a bitch who's going bald too. Ha ha ha. (laughs) Which I thought was very funny. Um, Also, it says, um, well, also, for me, the worst way would be for a bunch of old men. Okay, so, uh, sorry, let's let's start over. So this this scene is with Trash, right? Mm-hmm. And she is sitting there and she's talking to one of... Uh, who's the other guy who she's talking to? She's talking to one of her friends and they're sitting up against a headstone. And she's, she, they're listening to music and she just says, you know, how would you want to die? How would be the worst way you think you could die, right? And the guy sitting to, next to her who is her friend is like, I don't know. Right. And then it leads into what she says next, which is for me, she says, for me, the worst way would be for a bunch of old men to get around me and start biting me and eating me alive, which trash is foreshadowing, foreshadows her own death 
as she talks about being uh, surrounded by old men being eaten alive because not too long after that, once um, they release the, the gases and the fumes into the air and then it comes out of the store, which is right next to the cemetery or the, the warehouse, which is right next to the cemetery, it gets into the cemetery. And then next you see all of these old dead men coming out of undead men coming out of the ground and she, she gets eaten. Well, she gets bitten and eaten and turned into a zombie because of that. So she foreshadows it. I love that scene. That scene is actually very great. What about you, Totem? Yeah, you you know, like, I, I think the, the actual... I don't know if that's the actual quote, because I'm pretty sure at some point, too, she talks about, like, the men, like, ripping her clothes off. No, she does say that. So this is just part of it. She says, she says um, it would be for old old men to rip my clothes off and eat me alive and, 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 and do all and bite me and, and just, and just cannibalize me, you know? And she says a few other things, but yeah, you got the gist of it though. You got like most of it and stuff like that. But yeah, that's exactly what she's doing. So yeah. So in, in the scene where she actually dies, they do uh, rip her top. <laughs> uh-huh. and, but it kind of like stops there. Right. Yeah. But man, like, <laughs> You know, the, the gravestone scene, like, is always interesting because, you know, when we talk horror, like, usually the graveyard scenes are more people actually having sex. Like, we don't really see, like, these very, like, erotic dance sequences, you know, taking place. Uh, but it's just, like, completely out of the blue. But, you know, Linnea definitely did things in her her own way. Uh, she has a very unique look in this movie, and this movie is yeah. absolutely punk rock. <laughs> well, that's what I was about to say. It's like the quintessential back then 80s, I don't care about authority, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, you know, type mm-hmm. of punk rock. And so I thought, and if girls wanted to wear like half half next to nothing and do what they, whatever they wanted to do and have the power to do that, and, and when when she's just like dancing on um what was his name when she's dancing on uh who she's dancing on she's dancing on suicide and he's like totally punk rock too and he's supposed to be like way more punk rock than they are and she's just like all over him dancing and she's talking to him and then he just like pushes her away (laughs) he's like get away from me (laughs) And I was just dying laughing. <laughs> he was like, I don't want any of this. You guys, this is horrible. This is stupid. What are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, so it was like back then, totally punk rock. And I love that because I love punk rock and and, and everything. So it they had they had all aspects of like they had different aspects of like the punk community right there. You know, like the hardcore girl punk, you know, the the more lighthearted, you know, nice girl punk rock girl you know, the nice punk guy who ends up turning into, you know, the zombie from who was working, you know, and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And um, what was it? Um, Freddie, Freddie um, and everything. And and then all of the other guys, too, like the one who's just like almost kind of like the nerdy, you know, punk guy. And then the other punk guy who's just like he's like even killed punk. And then you've got the one who's just like the extreme, his name is Suicide Punk. But it's funny how he dies first because you think he's the most badass one. But then 
And he's the one driving the car. He's the one, you know, telling them, shut up and be good and do this and follow me. Let's go find Freddy. And then, boom, he gets bitten in the head (laughs) and by by the tar man. And he's the first one to die. So he's not so, you know, punk rock after all or hardcore. It's it's a good movie. It's a great movie. I love I love it every time I every time I watch it. Yeah, so it, it's worth noting here. Um, this is not part of the Living Dead series from George Romero. I know a lot of oh, people please, no. Will, no. will look at the title and probably just assume that. Um, you please know, don't. I, I know there were like injunctions at the time to try to stop them from using Living Dead in the title. Uh, but, you know, MPAA basically ruled in favor of the producers uh, in this case. So they still ended up using it. Uh, but, you know, circling back, the the tar man or, you know, the one that was kept in the basement of this medical, you know, supply warehouse uh, was essentially like U.S. government property um, that was like sealed in this barrel. And it was like an actual zombie from like Night of the Living Dead. So, like. It's self-aware of, you know, these Romero films. Uh, but, yeah. like, it's it just... I, I thought it was interesting how they kind of tied it together. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, at the time, you had John Russo basically wrote the script uh, for The Return of the Living Dead. And this was basically, like, at the same time that Romero was working on Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. So they basically had to do, like, rewrites to... Um, to try to like differentiate the two. So with Return of the Living Dead, they definitely went more into the comedy aspect uh yeah. of the approach with uh the writing. And it, it definitely shows in this particular movie. Uh because mm-hmm. they, they didn't they didn't want to really like try to like intrude like directly onto like George Romero's turf. Uh so not. they added <laughs> more humor to it and then this is the end result that we got. And you know, a, a lot of people uh, love this movie for what it is because, like, you you look at it and you compare it to like the the Living Dead series or really just any zombie movie, and you know there there are things in this movie that you just you don't normally see, like the the split dog uh, that they have in the warehouse, oh, yeah, yeah. which is basically like you know it's a it's a dog. It's severed in half. So, like, on what, like, on one side you see, like, it's fur, you know, and everything there, like a normal dog. And then on the other side, it's exposed, obviously. You know, you get to see all the innards and everything. And, of course, you know, as things start to reanimate, so does the split dog. And it's just, like, it's one of those things that you're just, like, huh, I... I, that's different. <laughs> I've never seen that in a movie. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh man, but definitely, definitely a good movie, and it's 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 on Prime right now, but it is coming to Shutter. Um, yeah, I, so check it out. I wonder man, if that means yeah. it's moving off of Prime when that happens. I don't, I don't know how how the licensing no, works. How on they that normally front. work? Like usually when I like I go on Disney. And stuff like that, like like Amazon Prime, what was it? Hulu, um, what was it? Netflix. They won't tell you if you have if they have conflicting like subscriptions with other, um, you know, uh, streaming agencies. But for some reason, um, you go to um, 
Disney Plus. And then like say I search, you know, a certain movie. And so that and that movie will come up and then it'll say this movie will not be available until such and such time because it has conflicting contractual agreements with another streaming site. It literally says that, but it doesn't tell you what streaming site. And I was like, nice, Disney. Nice. (laughs) So they're giving you a little bit more information. But yeah, I know that if if it's probably going on Shutter, then more than likely it's coming off of Amazon Prime or they'll have it on Amazon Prime, but then you'll have to pay for it. Um, It won't be free with Prime. Well, that's the thing, too, because, like, if you're talking Prime, obviously Shudder has a deal with Amazon to, like, have Shudder as, like, one of the subscription Uh, channels. That's true. So maybe they have, like, a thing going where it might be on both. Yeah, well, we'll double check and we'll let you guys know. We'll let you know. We're just sitting over here bantering, trying to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, so in, in regards to Return of the Living Dead... How do you rate this one? Like, do you do you what? put it on par with like the other Living Dead series? Oh no, no, no. So with the other Living Dead series, for me, I'm a big George A. Romero fan. So for me, once we start watching those again, you guys are see you'll you guys are gonna see. Um, I'm gonna give like four stars. I'll even go be like, oh, we're on a four star rating. Oh, guess what? I'm giving it five. I don't care. <laughs> because that's how much I love them um, and have watched them over the years over and over and over again um, this one is great to me too because I love zombie movies I love the punk aspect of it I love the comedy aspect of it I love how they tie certain things in together but it's still its own standalone movie I can watch this over and over again we watched it for Twisted Tuesday last what was it uh, uh, the other week um, uh, the other Tuesday we've watched it more than one time on Twisted Tuesday. And I've watched it countless times with friends and family and stuff like that over the years and everything like that. And I just love it. So I'm going to give it a 3.5. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Out of four. Um, Out of four. You know, Raiden, like, this compared to, like, the other uh, Living Dead series is definitely, like, a trickier thing just because, like... yeah. You you always kind of associate the zombie subgenre with Romero, like always. it's it's just a given because of how impactful, um, you know, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead were. Uh, how all of them are, but <laughs> yeah. like if we're talking about like the standalone aspect, I honestly like I would say Return probably has the edge in that regard. But overall quality of film, uh, that's that's where it gets tricky. Because, like, Dawn of the Dead is still my favorite out of the lot. Oh, yeah. Dawn of the Dead um, is, all, um, is also still one of my favorites out, of the, lo- out I, of the lot. I don't know if I would put Return second or third. But, like, I still really enjoy it. You know, it, it was definitely a different approach to the genre. They definitely do things kind of like their own way. The comedy aspects really bring a lot to this particular film to really make it stand out more. Yeah. And, you know, it it's definitely something that you're going to remember after you watch it. I, I think the thing that hurts it for me personally is the ending. I, yeah. I, like, I don't have a problem with 
endings of a movie that aren't necessarily like happy <laughs> uh, but like ad- abrupt endings like this when like they do like that whole still shot and it's just like that's like the easy way out you know <laughs> to me and I, I I think they could have done more with that but you know like obviously there's more to it than that and you know there's sequels beyond this um, of course which are also and I good think, in their own, right? And I think the way they made it abruptly in like that is almost similar to the way they made it abruptly in of Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, the Night of the Living Dead, the way that George A. Romero had it um, abruptly end and stuff like that was, of course, different, but it was still an abrupt end. And it still makes you think and stuff like that because that was more, that wasn't a comedy. Um, that was more a horror and drama, you know, and everything like that. And it makes you think about a lot of things. It makes you think about society. It makes you think about people. It makes you and, and, and how people interact with each other, especially in times of, of these types of crises and stuff like that, when there are ghouls trying to kill you mm-hmm. and how you were supposed to be there and take care of each other and one another. And that's what George A. Romero was trying to do. I think that the, I think that in uh, Ret- uh, Return of the Living Dead, um, and everything. Um, I think in that one, they were trying to do something similar to that. Um, but not exactly, but still make it like just end abruptly and lighthearted. Right. Not, not really lighthearted, but just abruptly. We did this, you know, everybody, pretty much everybody's going to die because, you know, there's no way we can come back from this, but you know what we can do? We can, you know, diffuse the situation by throwing a little bomb into this one town. Yeah, and it's true, too. Like, obviously, the government knew that something yeah. was eventually going to happen with And these they were barrels. waiting for it. They were waiting yeah. for it, and they were basically questioning uh, them at the time. Okay, what happened? All right, what did you do yeah. next? Mm-hmm. How did the zombies react? You know, and they just kept building off of that. Uh, so, yeah. basically, this was a, a crash course, essentially, in how to deal with this sort of situation should it happen again, which it does. But it not, does. not in this movie, but, you know, in, in the sequels. But yeah. uh, basically, they were the guinea pigs in this situation. Yep. Uh, now, looking ahead to Twisted Tuesday this week, uh, and again, we are recording Monday, so, you know, if you guys listen first thing in the morning, you'll know. If not, like, hopefully we'll still see ya. Uh, but Twisted Tuesday this week... Please. I said please. Ah. <laughs> So, Twisted Tuesday tomorrow, we're throwing a monster bash. We're kicking things off with the Monster Squad release 1987, followed by Nightbreed of 1990. I cannot wait. Uh, I don't know which one of these we'll review, but I know you and I both love the Monster Squad. We do. I can't wait for tomorrow to watch Monster Squad. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so great. I have the movie. Like, I, I literally have the movie. But I live in a home with somebody who doesn't like horror movies. And even the Monster Squad is not that big of... It's not even <laughs> that scary. It's It really isn't. No. And he will not watch that one with me. But I I will watch it by myself. I'll watch it with Totem. I will watch it with whoever. I love that movie. I will watch it over and over again. I will put on that movie and fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> because that is how much I love that movie. I can't wait. I can't wait to see Phoebe. <laughs> Absolutely. So again, every Tuesday yeah. we do these on on cast. Uh, yes. 
and we do have a shortened URL to use to get into yes. our room, and that is at bit.ly slash twisted twos. Uh, and, you know, typically that starts around 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Basically every Tuesday night we do the double feature. Uh, so we hope to see you guys out for that. Uh, and, you know, I think it's fitting because, like, we were literally just talking about, you know, the Wolfman, you know, on yes. our last episode. So, you know, going to revisit some of the classic Universal monsters as it does kind of, like, combine all of them. Yeah. Into this, uh, I mean, squad goals. I mean, let's be real here. (laughs) Yes, yeah. The mummy, what was it? Frankenstein's monster, Dracula. They're all going to be there, you guys, in the monster squad. You're going to love it. Um, So um, just wanted to say, um, be sure to head over to iTunes and write us a review. We'd really like for you guys to write us a review. We're always looking for new ways to improve the show and to make for a better listening experience for you. Uh, if you would like to hear, if you would like to have any segments, ideas, if you have any segment ideas, sorry, or things that you would like us to add to the podcast, feel free to reach out to us there and we will most definitely add them to the show for you. Right on, and if you would like to contact us, you can do so a couple of different ways. You can email the show at handlewithscarepod at gmail.com. We, of course, have our website at www.handlewithscarepod.com. Uh, we also have our Discord at bits.ly slash hwsdiscord. Uh, and you can also reach out to us via Twitter at handlewithscare. And of course, you know, both of us are also on Twitter. You can find myself, Totally Drunk, at Totally Drunk. And Vosh, how can our listeners contact you on Twitter? You can contact me. I am Vosh T. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Vosh T, L-E-A-H-B. And we hope to see you there. We hope to see you um, write your reviews. We hope to see you... Uh, on Twisted Tuesday and coming to hang out with us, please. Absolutely. And we'll get the, uh, I'll get the July lineup set and we'll talk about what we'll be airing throughout that month here. And uh, we'll post it up on our handle with ScarePod, uh, website. For yeah, you we'll, guys. we'll definitely talk about our entries on our next episode. So stay tuned for all of that. And we'll keep you guys updated on anything else that happens within the genre that we all know and love. Uh, but with that being said, guys, thank you again for joining us tonight on Handle with Scare. And we will see you guys back next weekend. You enjoy your fourth, and we'll see you then. Enjoy, y'all. Love. Bye.